Hour number two of the show on your Monday. Good to be with you today, Matt and Patrick. And it's my absolute privilege to welcome on one of the best journalists I've ever had the pleasure of reading their work or actually getting to chat with. Brianna Bierschbox is the political writer for the Star Tribune. She's kind enough today to join us to talk about a story which is kind of weird a little bit as you give us some details on this. Brianna, thank you very much. I appreciate the time as always. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, why don't you start off here? Who exactly is Crystal Gable? Crystal Gable is um, a woman who lives in Colorado, and she has worked in and around sort of the legal marijuana now party. She's kind of an advocate of third-party candidates. Um, she was involved in the legal marijuana now party in Nebraska for a few years in 2015 and 2016. And, and she's sort of been a part of the movement nationally, um, but she is, is not a Minnesota resident. She's someone who lives in uh, Colorado and is, has been more involved in other states. The that's I find that to be interesting. Is she, you know Colorado because I was just out in Colorado a, a little more than a year ago, and they they have dope everywhere. <laughs> so is this yeah. more, is is more of her? I mean, is her attention now focused on some sort of national candidate as opposed to statewide or even local races? No. So she is just living out in Colorado and has you know worked on third party races in the past but is now um, just kind of living her life, um, which is why she was surprised when she learned that she had been placed um, as a legal marijuana now party candidate on Minnesota's March 5th presidential primary ballot. Um, That was a surprise to her. She said she wasn't asked by local party officials to be a candidate on the ballot, and then she wasn't consulted um, either by the Secretary of State's office. Um, But we kind of have to remember that this is very much a party affair, even though now that it's a primary, the actual primary is run by local governments, the parties actually have to submit names for candidates. So despite her involvement in some other states in the legal marijuana now party, she was pretty shocked to find out that she had been placed on the ballot in Minnesota as a candidate for president. Is there any legal requirement by Steve Simon's office to verify that a candidate that's submitted by a political party actually wants to run for that political party? There is not. Okay. All it says in state law is that 63 days before an election, the three main political parties, which um, or however many there are in Minnesota right now, there are three. It's, of course, the DFL, the GOP, and the Legal Marijuana Now Party. They have to submit a list of candidates that they want to appear on the ballot. The Secretary of State's office is not given any contact information. They really ha- have to leave it up under law to the parties to validate those candidates and send them names of people who they know in theory want to run. I imagine for the DFL and the GOP, it's a little bit simpler, right? These are national political figures who are running national campaigns. But for parties that haven't been major parties for as long, like Legal Marijuana Now, um, I think we're running into this hiccup where they could possibly put a candidate on without them even really knowing it. Is And I'm not aware of what the deal is with the Legal Marijuana Now party. Is is there only one candidate? Is Crystal the only candidate on the can- the ballot, or are there other people running for their presidential nomination? They do have a handful of candidates, okay. um, and they're all kind of similar to Crystal in that they're national 
marijuana um, advocates. And another guy is from California, and another guy is sort of a national third-party advocate. So they put those names on, um, but it raises the question if those people knew that they were being placed on Minnesota's presidential <laughs> primary ballot as well. I did reach out to a few and haven't heard, um, but Crystal certainly was surprised, and under state law really has no recourse to get off. She is encouraging people not to vote for her in the primary, um, you know, cause, because it puts you in a situation where you'll get a certain number of delegates if you win in Minnesota that then go to national party conventions. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a mess if, if you don't really want to be involved. The what is the story from the local party here on this? How, how did how did they get Crystal's name and why did they put it on the ballot? Yeah, I reached out to them and they said that Crystal, because of her activism in the party and other states, was in a leadership group on Facebook that they regularly discuss these kinds of things, like races in different states. And they had, it sounds like, assumed because she was part of this group that she was ready to be a candidate for office and that it was their understanding that she was ready to be a candidate for office. She has told me that she was actually removed from that Facebook group as of August of last year um, and that she had not been re- reached out to or asked to be a candidate. The and and I guess that 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 brings up an interesting you know question here. I, I'm I'm a little the legal marijuana group. It seems like they've had better luck with statewide issues and ballot initiatives. That that that, that you know the running a, a national ticket. I mean I've I know the Green Party's out there, Libertarians are out there, but I, you know has this been a, a a goal of them or is this something that's changed recently where they're you know they're they're basically putting more attention towards a national candidate. Well, it's a tricky situation for them because they have major party status in the state. And it is because, as you've mentioned, they have managed to get at least 5% of the vote in one statewide race in the most recent election. That's how you get major party status in Minnesota. So because they've had some success statewide here, it kind of forces them into the situation where they now in theory, have to participate in the presidential primary because all of the state's major parties under the law participate. So if they don't have candidates, obvious candidates who are running for president, I imagine it's a bit of a recruitment effort. Would you like to be on the ballot in Minnesota? Here are some national activists within our you know, party um, nationally or in different states. Would you like to be a candidate for president in Minnesota? Um, but one would think that they had uh, the consent or, or kind of a clear understanding with those candidates that, that they wanted to do that. I'm also going to not bury the lead. Uh, we now, I mean, obviously we have a ways to go and clearly we need to still get, you know, some some kinks worked out as far as the leadership of the legalizing of marijuana in the state of Minnesota. It's still a few years away, but mission accomplished, yay, we won. Uh, marijuana, well, not, you know, just in, in the sense of the of the issue, the, the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the marijuana is legal in Minnesota. Is there something else that they're trying to do outside of a, a, a nationwide race? Or is it, when it comes to Minnesota, is there something that, that they feel is that we haven't addressed yet? Not necessarily. And that's something the Democratic Party has been pretty critical of them for. You know, they um, there was an issue a few years ago where we had several major party uh, marijuana. We had two, actually, marijuana parties that were major parties in Minnesota. One of them fell off the bat or fell off major party status in the last election, but they were cropping up in legislative races, and some accused those candidates of actually being plants from Republicans to siphon votes away from Democrats in key races. So Democrats have been making a lot of noise saying, you know, we're actually the party for 
legalizing marijuana, and now they're saying, hey, look, we actually did it. So it's unclear sort of what their message is and where they go from here. I think that they're probably doing a bit of soul-searching, and we'll have to see. You know, they need to recruit a candidate in this next statewide election that will get at least 5% of the vote in order to maintain that major party status going forward. Well, and there was the one candidate who died, and then we found afterwards, it was like, oh, no, he was basically, you know, someone attested that he wasn't really, he was being put up there to be a a spoiler candidate. That was at least the story they were saying. It it doesn't help their cause that they're a legitimate party, that here you have at at least one of their presidential candidates who has no idea because as, as, as her story is once again this was months ago you'd think that someone would have said hey, who we're going to put on the, the the ticket it doesn't sound like it's there there was a lack of people there are other people there this does not help their cause because it, this sounds like a mess it does and i and i think it makes them look disorganized which certainly it seems it must be somewhat behind the scenes if people are saying that they didn't agree to this kind of thing. And this is a pretty big thing. You know, your name is on a ballot in the state. And even if you don't live here, you know, that's Googleable. You know, she, she heard about it because she got a Google alert with her name on it <laughs> because people were writing about the presidential primary. That's how she found out she was a candidate for president of the United States in Minnesota, a state she didn't live. So um, it, it's kind of jarring and it suggests a bit of uh, quite a bit of disorganization and maybe chaos within the, the party. Brandon Beerspock from the Star Tribune, kind enough to join us to talk about that. Uh, I'm presuming there might be an update on this, especially if you hear back from some of these other candidates, and they're like, yeah, I have no idea why I'm on that ballot either. Yeah, potentially. You know, it, it raises a question about the vetting that all the parties do, frankly, uh, for their candidates for office. So I'll, I'll keep checking in. But as for now, she's basically saying, realizing she can't probably get off the ballot anytime soon because they've been printed with her name on it and voting early voting is underway already in our presidential primary. Um, but she's saying, please don't vote for me either early or on March 5th when the primary is being held. And that's, I, I had a school board race a few years back, the same thing where when the candidates, you know, decided at the last minute that he didn't want to run, he was already on the ballot, but he told people don't vote for me. I mean, that does happen. Do you think secretary of state, mm-hmm. Simon, if she does show up as a, a candidate again, will actually make that call and say, okay, let me, let me dot I's and cross T's here. I think the challenge is that it actually needs to be more clear in law if they're worried about this in the future. Um, you know, but it's potential. It, it is possible that their office could, knowing what what has happened, say, have you at least follow up with the parties? Have you checked with all these candidates to be clear? But under state law, the way it's written now, it is really up to the parties to handle all of this. Uh, let's, if, if you don't mind me asking, because I'm, I'm, it is interesting. We are almost at the end of January of an election year. We have one statewide race, major statewide race going on with Amy Klobuchar. She's running for re-election as a senator. Um, she has not exactly brought out the strongest competition from the GOP in the year. She has actually been wildly popular, even with Republicans. She's actually had pretty good pr- approval numbers. I am still somewhat surprised, especially, I guess, in this day and age of politics where candidates start running two years before the election, that so far and there isn't a recognizable name for the GOP that has put their hat in the ring to run against Klobuchar. Am I, am I missing something here or is that kind of st- where they're still at right now? That is still the situation. There are a few kind of perennial candidates, um, but no sort of big name or, or even a name that is somewhat established uh, to run against her. And, and that's a little bit unusual, I think, in her last election cycle. She had a state legislator who announced 
you know, the year prior that he was planning on running against her, you know, by this time, you know, in her previous race, there were a handful of folks who were challenging her that had some name recognition. The buzz is that by the end of the month, which is coming up here this week, there will be at least one candidate um, out there that either has some name recognition or at least is going to be a bit of a more serious candidate. So I imagine we'll all be staying tuned this week to see if that, if that comes to fruition, but you know, it's a challenge. It's a really difficult thing for any Republican to do. I mean, it's sort of a joke um, that the Republican who runs against Klobuchar is sort of a sacrificial lamb um, because they're probably going to lose. They're probably going to lose within the first few minutes usually of polls being closed um you know and the big question is will klobuchar you know after running for president and really raising her profile on the national level will that change at all the way minnesotans feel about her here that's a big question mark um but you know the the there's not a lot of people who are worried that she won't win handily in her reelection campaign. So well, any Republican who goes up for her, against her has to have that in the back of their mind. It was Newberger. It was uh, six years ago, correct? It was Newberger was running against her. That's and correct. Yeah, yeah. And we we actually had a running tabulation of how many minutes past eight o'clock would they call that race? I think it was actually in the commercial break before they came on back. They'd actually called the race. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quick. But That's, Newberger, mm-hmm. he understood this. He ran. I don't mm-hmm. think he ever really visited outside of some fundraisers. He never did anything in the metro area at all he was always out state if you're a republican you're looking at this and you know i i don't want to do a deep dive into the numbers in regards to you look at iowa you look at new hampshire i mean clearly trump is not exactly resonating with all republicans and if it, and this is a state that voted for joe biden last time around if you are if you are looking at you know trump not shoring up his support even with republicans and you don't have on the second biggest race in on the ticket anyone really of noteworthiness running against Amy Klobuchar, I, I got to imagine the Republican Party is concerned about the down ticket effect, especially with their desire to take back control of the U.S. or excuse me, the Minnesota House. Yeah, I mean, it is important to have someone up there, someone who, you know, at the very least doesn't go off message too much or someone who, you know, can can at least be a voice statewide in debates and, and represent the party. I think that's what they're really looking for is someone who is a solid voice and a solid messenger for the party to to sort of represent the party in that the only statewide contest that we have other than the presidential race this year. Um, so I, I think they're hoping for someone who who can play that role, even if it seems unlikely that they're going to win. And it's and it's becoming interesting because I know Tina Smith was always the senator that I think of the Republicans were were eyeing as the one they could knock off. But Tina Smith as well has raised her profile fairly well uh, on certain issues. And she's gotten some you know positive press. So it's it's becoming a situation where I think that they you know, I don't know if sacrificial lambs are going to do it like a new burger. I think you're going to have to start getting some contenders out there. And yeah, that might mean a loss or a bad loss even. But as you just said, I mean, the impact down ticket is pretty substantial. And you you don't want to, especially if you only have, what, seven seats to pick up the, the Minnesota House, you don't want to necessarily, you know, you know, forsake that, especially in the suburbs. Yeah, definitely a, a strong candidate, or at least someone who will have the right message. As we saw in the last election, uh, the midterm election, you know, there was feeling that the message and the attacks on Scott Jensen hurt Dem- or Republicans all the way down the ballot and potentially cost them some statewide races. Uh, but it also just highlights the general challenge that Republicans have statewide in Minnesota. It's been many years since 2006 that they've won any statewide race. 
Um, you know, and it's, it's almost becoming in cases like Amy Klobuchar and even in Tina Smith, as you mentioned, where it's, you know, these are races where they're struggling to find good candidates to run. Um, and the assumption isn't even that they're going to win. It's just that we want to have someone who won't mess it up. Yeah. And if your main topic, if your main issue uh, that you're going to, to go to, to, to battle with is flags, I'm not exactly. I mean, it, it, this is something you're going to need. They need to fix some things over there. That's if, you're, if they're going to have a, a challenge uh, against Klobuchar this upcoming race. Uh, Brianna Bierschbach from the Star Tribune. You can follow her writings over there. I highly encourage you to do so because I think she's actually one of the greatest journalists I've actually had the pleasure of reading. And she is someone that actually understands what journalism is. Brianna, I, I can't tell you what a privilege it is to have you back. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time today. It was great. Thanks for having me. You bet. And I'll repost the story a little bit later on on all the social medias. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.